The information in this podcast is general information and not advice. Stanford Financial is authorised under Australian Credit Licence Number 541480. Further information is available at stanfordfinancial.net. Okay, hello and welcome to On the Couch with Steve. This is a podcast where we help you navigate uh, the world of buying and selling real estate. Now, I'm Steve Athanades. I'm from NG Real Estate here in Ipswich. Today, I'm talking uh, with Steve Beach. Steve is the Head of Lending at Stanford Financial. So, Steve, welcome. Thank you so much for your time today. Now, we're going to be talking about something that's going to be very interesting to our clients. I'm sure you've got plenty to say about it, and it is, drumroll, Interest rates. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. You knew I was going to say that. Uh, now, mate, hot topic at the moment. Why are interest rates continuing to rise? I guess um, during the COVID pandemic, we, we saw rate reduction after rate reduction um, just because it was a slowing down of the economy. Not a lot of people were spending. There's no overseas, no one coming in. Um, so inflation was, was at a essentially an all-time low. Um, since sort of, I guess, we're now living with COVID um, and people are now starting to spend again, everyone's back in the workforce, unemployment's now at, at one of the lowest it's ever been. Um, and then, so therefore, there's more cash flow in the economy. So um, the only way to s- slow down, I guess, inflation is to increase interest rates. So unemployment's low, inflation high, um, the Reserve Bank will continue to rise rates, which is quite annoying. Uh, another factor that that predetermines, uh, I guess, the rates in Australia is also um, based on the global economy. So uh, a lot of imports and exports in Australia in particular is transferred using the US currency. And the US actually had a higher inflation than we did over the last 12 months. Um, so they have been increasing their cash rate, which also therefore increases their dollar. So for us to maintain, I guess, a standardized cost of living here in Australia, we need to increase our interest rates at the same rate as them to make sure that our Australian dollar stays the same. Otherwise, it's not only just going to affect mum and dad with their mortgages, it's going to affect the entire country because cost of living is going to keep increasing. Um, So uh, good news is um, we have seen a slower down of inflation, um, unemployment slightly up, um, which means therefore interest rate rises, again, don't have a crystal ball, Um, will pretty much slow down now. Generally speaking, most economists are now saying there's potentially maybe one or two more, and then we should see a stagnant over the market for at least a 12-month period. And potentially from there, we may even see rates start to come back a little bit. Okay, Steve, you should be a politician because that's the best explanation of why interest rates continue to rise I've ever heard. Don't forget, you heard it here with Steve on the couch. So great explanation. Now, obviously, uh, along the same lines, how are interest rates calculated? Um a few predetermining factors based upon um, we do, do here on the radio and on, on TV quite a bit about credit score and everything along those lines. That is a predetermining factor, but it's not the be all and end all. So if you've got a thousands credit score, or if you've got a 600 credit score, it doesn't generally actually affect what your interest rate's going to be. Mainly that interest rate's going to be what the banks are offering at, at that particular time because every bank has, I guess, I call it the flavor of the month, um, where some of them, they drop rates for a particular month for a promotion or a special. Um, but a big part of what where your interest rates come from is, generally speaking, the amount of deposit that you've got going in. So we heard from Logan just before uh, in the previous podcast um, talking about 5% deposit, 10% deposit, 20% deposit. Um, these sort of thresholds will actually predetermine what interest rate you'll actually get. So um, you know, we're seeing a lot more people 
borrowing um, from personal loans to get the deposit to reduce paying lenders' mortgage insurance, um, these sort of strategies that can come up with to essentially save money over time. Okay, awesome, awesome. Do banks pass on interest rate cuts? Because at the moment we're just seeing rise, rise, rise. Do they pass on cuts? So generally speaking, they do pass on the, the rate cuts. Um, as we saw when rates were actually going down a few years ago, um, banks were passing on. But when we saw a quarter of a percent or 0.25% rate cut from the Reserve Bank, you're finding that a lot of banks were only passing on a 0.15 or a 0.2%. Some were doing the full rate cut, um, but generally speaking, we, we weren't seeing them pass on the full um, reduction. Now they always say that's due to the cost of lending. What does that mean? So I guess the cost of lending um, it comes in two folds. Um, primarily, the like fixed rates are, are predetermined by what we call as the swap rate. So um, a lot of it's to do with government bonds and overseas investments that the banks are actually utilising from. Um, secondly, from that, um, where interest rates actually became so low during COVID is banks can actually lend off their own money. So essentially, a lot of people were keeping money in redraw facilities, people putting it in their offset facilities, term deposits. So once we sort of hit COVID and a big sort of, uh, I guess, boost into the cash flow was a lot of people actually pulling that money out of super. So um, mums and dads both pulled the first 10,000 each, so there's 20,000 that they put into their bank account. And then straight away in the new financial year, which was about two months after a sort of it all, all pandemic sort of happened, um, we're here in Australia anyway, um, they pulled another $20,000 out. So there's a lot of people pulled $40,000 in cash and then just kept it in the bank as security. Um, so what we were seeing then is then the banks actually just lending off that. Wow. Okay. Interesting to know again. Now, this one's extremely topical again. What are the pros and cons of fixed versus variable interest rates? Now, at the moment, rising interest rate market, okay, you're saying in the future, we could see it decline again. So pros and cons. So I guess a little bit of both that. Um, we saw during COVID, um, rates were at an all-time low. So we saw a lot of people fix um, because there were interest rates even in the, in the ones. Um, a lot of people fixed around 2%, um, as where variable rates probably only reached a low of about 2.3. Um, so you a lot of, we were seeing a lot more people fix at that point in time because they're a cheaper rate. Um, now that we've seen, I guess, eight consecutive rate rises, um, where where a lot of people have, I guess, in regards to refinancing and purchasing houses and stuff like that, um, most people have gone on the variable rates because there was such a, a difference between what the fixed rates were and the variable rates. So there was almost a 2% gap between taking a fixed rate and a variable rate. So variable rates were, were roughly 3%, fixed rates were still pushing into the fives. Um, Nowadays, we're seeing sort of variable rates um, still in the fours, but fixed rates are still hitting at five and six percent. So there's still at least a one percent gap difference between what you can fix your home loan at and what you can take as a variable rate, um, which in turn um, falls into what we call as capacity or lending um, serviceability. So by having a lower I guess uh, written rate means you can actually borrow more money. So when the banks assess your application, um, if you're at an interest rate of 5%, um, the banks will actually add 3% on to make sure that you can afford any potential rate rises. So then they're assessing your application at 8%. But if your fixed rate's at six, now they're assessing your application with that plus three at 9%. So um, the main difference that we find a lot of people right at this point in time that want that fixed rate is more reassurance. So if you know that your repayments are going to be $600 per week for the next two years and that there's no uncertainty if rates do go up or rates go just, down. You just forget about it. You set just know it, set and forget. That's the main, uh, I guess, appealing factor. Um, big difference between fixed rates and variable rates again. Um, 
fixed is you are limited in how much extra repayments you can actually make yes. uh, and potential uh, with fixed rates, there could be break costs if you want to sell your house or if you need to refinance for any reason. Variable rates, there is no uh, per se break cost. Um, there's a, a exit fee that all banks charge to as an administration to, to change and stuff like that. Um, but there's no predetermined break cost. So what we're seeing through COVID, there was a lot of people where they're wanting to refinance, but the banks were like, okay, it's going to cost you $12,000 to break your loan because rates were so low and they were at a much higher interest rate. Mm. That's a good point because obviously different things happen to people in their life, which we don't always predict. Obviously, there can be a, the breakdown of a relationship, loss of a job, things that we can't always necessarily control. So if you're in a fixed loan, that can sometimes be bad. Yes. Okay. So obviously it's a, it's a horses for courses thing and it's going to depend on people's individual circumstances. That's correct. Okay. Beautiful. But big thing, we'll just one quick more on that. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that you actually have to have a fully fixed loan or a fully variable rate loan. You can actually have a mixture of both. So you can sort of hedge your bets on both as well. So you could fix half your loan and have a variable and half your loan as well. Yeah. So that's the difference even to... Leading off on that, there's a, obviously an interest-only loan and an interest and a principal loan. Yep. Do you want to tell us what the difference is between those two? So I guess um, so. in regards to, to making repayments um, on an interest-only means you're not paying down any principal. So you're not building any equity from your own cash. The only equity that you are building in your property is, is capital growth. So as the market continues to increase, you're, you're building equity that way, but you're not actually paying down any portion of your loan. Um, we see a lot of this in... Um, people buying investment properties. So they, they maintain and having a cheaper repayment on their investment property so they can pay extra on their own property. Again, can't give tax advice, but ultimately the interest that you pay on an investment property is tax deductible. And then ultimately on your own home, um, there's no tax deductibility on your own home. So it's fast, best to pay off your own home first before paying off that investment debt. So now in, in places like Sydney and Melbourne, where we've seen prices reduce quite significantly. If you had an interest-only loan and then you were forced to sell the property, you said that you haven't built any equity and you still pretty much only owe exactly the same amount of money. So if you had to sell, you could be in financial difficulty. That's correct, yeah. Because you haven't built any equity. So obviously it's important. That's why we uh, banks encourage principal and interest. And interest payments, yeah. Yeah, 100% beautiful. All right, mate. Now, how often should I review my mortgage home loan options? I guess under a, a fixed rate um, scenario, if you're fixed for two years, you, you know, probably just before your fixed rate's due to expire. Um, from from our perspective, um, as a broker, we we have, uh, I guess, an obligation to to make sure that our clients are always on their best rates. Um, so with your actual lender, on a variable perspective, um, you can actually request um, pricing reductions every six months. So they will actually give you a discount off your variable rate um, if it's available. So if they haven't passed on the full rate cuts, then ultimately they will be able to give you a slightly reduction on your interest rate. So at the moment, we're seeing... Some people come off fixed rates where um, their interest rate was was starting with a six, and then we've gone straight to the bank going, no, that's that's not good enough. And then we're getting people at four point two nine and four point six nine, so getting them two percent rate reductions. So just just, just by asking, just by asking. Okay, again, that's something really important to know. Again, you heard that on the couch with Steve. So if you ask, you can mm -hmm. get a discount, uh, mate. We're we're starting to run out of time, but um, mate, probably one of the things is um, uh, that that I, I think is topical are are consumers penalised for changing banks too often, chasing the best rates? 
I guess we're seeing a lot of that nowadays with the cashback offers. So um, a lot of banks are saying, hey, refinance your house across to me um, and I'll give you $3,000 or $4,000. Um, generally speaking, if you're on the same rate, you know, to chase that 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 dollar figure or cashback program, um, it's not really viable because, as I said before, there's there's admin fees to to discharge your mortgage with that bank. Then you have to remortgage with another bank. There's more establishment fees, um, cost of legalities because it's all done through solicitors, bank solicitors. So both the solicitors firms are going to charge you money as well. Um, so we don't, I guess, see that that um, chasing of of refinancing all the time. Definitely, if you're not on the best rate or the best best um, bank. Um, so with that. As we talked about equity before, so you may have bought your house at with only a 10% deposit and two years later, you've now actually got 20% equity in your house and you can get a much better interest rate by either just approaching your own bank or ultimately looking to get a valuation done through a different financial institution. So the key thing is ask and you may receive. Definitely. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to wrap it up here now. Obviously, once again, thank you so much for tuning in uh, to hear and see more of Steve on the Couch. Uh, you just need to subscribe below. Special thanks to Steve Beach, Steve, Head of Lending at Stanford Financial. Steve, your advice, I'm sure everyone's going to agree, has been invaluable. Super, super helpful. So thank you so much for you. Now, if you have any opinions about what we've shared today, please jump on our socials. We'd love to hear from you. Please stay tuned and you'll hear more from Steve on the Couch. <laughs>